and welcome to the Lead Pastor Podcast, a conversation designed to equip and inspire lead pastors. And I'm your host, Billy Phoenix. Well, lead pastors, let me ask you a question. Have you ever wondered what your direct reports really think? Well, that's the reason we're talking about this in through this series called What I Want My Lead Pastor to Know. So in this episode, we sit down with Lauren Espy, who uh, is a good friend of mine and is also the service programming director at Gwinnett Church, which is one of the campuses of North Point Ministries. Um, and she's going to help us process what she would think that lead pastors need to know from their service programming director. So Lauren, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Billy. I think our audience also needs to know that you were the one who married me. I was. Right? I didn't, I'm you didn't marry husband. me. You right. did not marry me. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. above Let me board, be clear about that. Yeah. I officiated your wedding, which is true. <laughs> you did. Yes, right. You did. Yes. As you can tell, Lauren and I have spent a lot of years together. We actually worked side by side in the yep. beginnings of Buckhead Church. And so she's a good friend. It's been really fun and it's been inspirational uh, to watch Lauren's ministry uh, as she's gone on and uh, has become the service programming director at Gwinnett Church. So, Lauren, I'll yep. let you explain it instead of me. Tell us what, in our context, what service programming director means. So, service programming is, for us, uh, the division that oversees the adult worship experience. So, it can include your production team, your programming team your music team, and usually your media team. Now, at, at other churches, it's called a creative director. This role could be filled by your music director, but basically our role is to oversee what the adults experience on a Sunday morning. Uh, we also include guest services at some of our campuses in that role. I love guest services, so I love to watch the guest experience from the minute they step off the parking lot all the way uh, through their experience on a Sunday morning and out the doors. Um, so, I, but, but my role has been doing that for 10 years. I did that for a season at Buckhead Church. And then we were asked to go start Gwinnett Church with our, my lead pastor, Jeff Henderson. And so I've been with him for seven years as we've been in the setup teardown stage of Gwinnett Church and then the rented facility season and then moved into our building about five years ago. Yeah, great. A lot of different contexts. Really quickly, give us your background. Yeah. Um, is this something you've always wanted to do? Find, find, find your way into it? Where did you come from? Right. Where did I come from? Uh, I've been a part of North Point since the very beginning. Uh, grew up at First Baptist Atlanta, had a season there. My mom actually worked on staff, so I was a staff kid and loved the local church, believed in it, was a part of North Point in the early days in, and then went to seminary at Dallas Theological Seminary, finished there and couldn't wait to come back and be involved specifically in student ministry at first. But Truly found myself having more of a heart for the adult leaders that I was leading and uh, love the students, but found myself just gravitating toward that age group. And so service programming is something I somewhat stumbled into, although I definitely had a background in content creation and message prep and, and really loved that. And so it kind of became an effortless thing as I stepped into SBD. That's awesome. Um, Lauren, I've asked you for four things you think are important for any lead pastor to know in regards to this sphere of ministry, service right. programming, and this, I think this includes music and preaching and a lot of what lead pastors care about. So you've given us four really good ones. Uh, tell us your first thought. My first thought is uh, f that I would say as an SPD director to a uh, lead pastor is the more prepared you are as a lead pastor, the better we can support and carry out your vision. You know, one of the things I would say around that is that I think lead pastors have an incredible vision. I mean, you're leading the entire charge. But sometimes I have experienced when I've talked to other SPD directors or people that sit in the creative programming seat that they want to support and they just don't know how. And there isn't a system set up to make that happen. And so often you can find some of the most 
divided relationships are between an SPD director type and a lead pastor. And so I think preparation really helps solve some of that. Yeah. What are, what are some of the ways that you've systematized this with Jeff, who is the lead pastor right. at your campus, to allow this preparation to happen? In other words, the preparation that, that Jeff has, but also to the communication that, that fosters you working together. There's a ways that you've systematized that, or are there ways that you have um, made that a process that, that happens automatically every week? Absolutely. Uh, well, one, I would say that for us, meeting and having a one-on-one weekly or every other week has been significant for us because he's carved out time in his very busy schedule to accommodate me, but I get to go in there and ask him basically a, a ton of questions of how can we support you. And what that helps for me to do is get the vision Jeff has around a Sunday, whether it be his message or a creative element around it. If you don't meet with the person you're trying to serve, you know, you're kind of programming in the dark. And so us just having a one-on-one has been helpful for me to understand it and then own his vision in such a way that I'm going back to the team and they too are going to get to be owners in the vision versus just implementers. You know, I think a lot of churches, and this is true for us still, like when I church, you know, we hire in some of our production people and they're hired staff, but then some of them are contractors. And so when a lead pastor switches up something on a Sunday, that's very hard for everyone to get behind and implement and create and then try to get volunteers rallied around. And so when I understand his vision, I can better get the whole team on it. And I think that that happens within the context of a one-on-one. In that one-on-one, I also come with a document prepared for him that we're looking a month to six weeks out of things that he can be aware of, things he needs to know about as it pertains to programming. And I think what's helpful for him is that he gets to speak into things and change things earlier on than just in the moment on a Sunday, you know? And over time, I think changes on a Sunday consistently can burn out a team and can lose truly a road trust amongst your programming team. So planning ahead has helped us a lot with that. And I think his vision has gone further because of that, because we're behind him. Yeah, that's fantastic. And and you referenced a couple of different times about the tendency for a lead pastor to walk into the room on a Sunday and start making changes. Right. Which is a dangerous <laughs> place to be. And it, it, you, you, you said it, it. It doesn't mean that Sundays aren't up for some edits, but those Absolutely. are not the norm. The norm is to be able to back up and to have a better runtime to capture visions, to share visions, but also to implement those visions. Absolutely. And I, I also think that Preparation, knowing where they're going, allows you to know when they do come in with a Sunday morning change, you understand that that is based off a vision that you two have shared together versus just their whim and desire on a Sunday morning, you know? So that's, that's helped a lot. That's fantastic. Um, your your second one is, is curious to me because I, I want to I hear it. Go ahead and <laughs> yeah. tell us what it is. And then I'll, the I'll... second one I wrote is uh, culture leads to product. Yeah. What, what, is, what does that mean? Culture leads <laughs> yeah. to product. What do you mean by that? Uh, So I think this is something that Jeff and I have definitely experimented with in our 10 years of working with each other. And I I think on a Sunday morning, I'm a product person. I want the product to be great. Uh, I know Jeff does as well. But the cultures we create lead to people entrusting us with the product we are collectively creating together. And I say that to say, Jeff and I could have a dream in a room by ourselves. He could have a vision for something. But we have to get a band on board. You've got to get a production staff on board, which is not always easy, right? because uh, they're all, all sitting there telling you you're crazy for this idea. Um, you've got to get your guest services team on board. And so I feel like when we've created a culture of 
connecting together and having creative thoughts together, but also allowing people to feel like they're a part of something versus just you're a hired hand, you just come in here and implement has really helped us. So some of the things that I would say around culture that has been specifically helpful for us is that we have an early morning meeting and Jeff shows up to those and he casts vision for that day along with me, but he's a part of it. He doesn't just show up at 8.30 when it's sound check, put on a mic and not say hello to everyone. You know, um, he's a part of that culture, small things. He writes birthday cards to every musician that's on our staff, every production volunteer. That feels so small, but for them, they, they feel like he knows them by name because he does. And that makes getting up on a Sunday morning at 5.30 in the morning palatable for, for many people. And so we, we try to do production and programming nights and Jeff will attend those, you know, and it's not because our programming team is the only team he has to oversee. He's got, you know, kids ministries and adults ministries. He has a lot of other things to oversee. But for him, he's made a point of making sure that Sunday team knows he's a part of it with them and he's helped create that culture. And so it feels like your lead pastor has buy-in. So when there are things that happen, everyone's ready to pitch in and make it happen. Yeah, that it, it exemplifies team, Yep, doesn't it? And it, there's so many times we can fall into... I've got a message. It's a product. Let's ship it. I, we've got a music, a worship set. Let's ship it. Yes. But even it it helps that culture helps people on the team understand and even cultivate their own buy-in, meaning that when you have a team of people that buy into the culture, suddenly they start generating ideas. Exactly. And they're good ideas. Exactly. And their ideas are like, I wish I would have thought of that. And and that all comes from creating something more than just being product creators. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say in our early days when we were in setup teardown, one of the best things that we did is Jeff would just take everyone out to dinner <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. And it was it was a small deposit, but from a musician that's playing bass that day to sit around a table and just talk about how do we feel like that Sunday went when we were all exhausted and everyone's tired from load in. But it just was a moment for you to connect personally with someone. And that that really helped in, in our early days and now. That buy-in has helped, and culture has has really led our product. And I would say our product is better because of the culture we've created. Yeah, that's great. Uh, number three speaks to the relationship, the, uh, the key trusted trust yeah. element um, between uh, a lead pastor and a service programming director. Um, it's important. Go ahead and tell us what it is. Yeah, I, a trusted relationship between a lead pastor and SPD director facilitates helpful feedback that I believe in turn impacts the growth of yeah. your church. Yeah. And so that that feedback avenue back and forth, it can be a tough one. Yes, yeah. it can be. And so give us, um, and it's, it's really a two-way street. So give us some examples of feedback that might happen from a service programming director to a lead pastor, because that mm-hmm. can be a treacherous journey. And then the other way around, when a lead pastor feels like they can give feedback to a service programming director, in your experience, what are some examples of that kind of feedback? No, that's great. I think one... I. I do say this to any service programming director, creative director. I say to them, before you give feedback, you've got to win the right to be heard. I mean, you really do. So um, you might have feedback on his message or what have you, but you you really need to let him know that you're for him. Because if he experiences you're for him, then at that point, he's going to welcome the feedback. So I, I do caution anyone that sits in SPD and creative roles to win the right to be heard. And I think early on, For Jeff and I, I tried to do whatever I could to make his series or his messages successful with a ton of support. And then over time, that allowed us to bear the weight of stronger feedback, you know, which which would be things such as, 
hey, you're going too long on this point, or when you speak, your energy dips significantly, or that isn't really your voice. That's the voice of somebody else. But, you know, uh, let, let's hone back in into what your sweet spot is as a communicator. Um, you know, some other feedback would be around how we program a day. Some One of the things that I love Jeff gives me permission on is says, hey, Lauren, I'm I'm 18 years older than you. I don't want to program old, but I sometimes find myself trying to program safe and I need you to help me not program old. Well, that's been a real gift to me as a programmer. And now I'm looking at a bunch of 20 year olds who are, I'm like, that's, you know, I'm having to say that to them, you know, because I'm in the middle gap of that. But I would just say that um, the relationship there is a trusted relationship. I would say Jeff gives me feedback back as to explaining to me whether we're in a series or in a programming time of, hey, this is what I think the audience is really feeling. Here's some cultural things that are going on in our community. Here's some events. And so we need to be aware of those versus just playing that song and being unaware of how that could impact this group of people. And so sometimes I think your your lead pastor always, not sometimes, always has a pulse on the community of your church better than any other staff member because they see it holistically. I mean, they're they're hearing feedback from every single person. And so he brings in that, that ability to think holistically and helps me see programming through that lens versus a more siloed approach, which is, I love this song or I love this idea, therefore I'm going to go implement it. So uh, I think it's a two-way street on the feedback for yeah, sure. That's great. Uh, number four is great. It's, it's, it seems really specific though. I want you to read it and then yeah. I want to ask you why so specific. Uh, number four would be invite your SBD director into the burdens you feel specifically around finances so they can help create a plan to support. So finances, you know, it seems <laughs> of all the things that, that you would put on this list to have an open dialogue around finances between a lead pastor and a service programming director. Right. Why? Why finances? Right. Because your service programming director probably takes in the most amount of money out of your budget anyways. Um, I would say, you know, this isn't something I would say that most SPD directors think about. And it wasn't something I had really had on my radar until we started Gwinnett Church. And I realized, you know, this whole thing comes down to a financial game because we have to bring in a certain amount of money to hire staff uh, to figure this out. And so One of the ways that was really helpful is Jeff just invited me into the burden he felt around raising money, around capital campaigns, around all of that. And that was helpful for me because I think as a lead pastor specifically, you live in a world of, well, I'm just going to see the data or the charts in my world, but I don't want to burden the staff with it. And he took off that hat of this will be a burden to Lauren and allowed me to share the burden with him. And that was very helpful. In turn, I was able to look at it and say, I think there's some places in our services that we can actually cast vision around finances versus you just carrying this by yourself. So now, and um, I'm not just saying this because we're on a podcast, we're actually have our vision moment scheduled all the way to December and we're in September right now, right? So we're about four months ahead with stories of things that are happening in our church, um, videos that we're creating around these vision moments, whatever we can do. And at the end of all of these vision moments, we're able to put in a, a statement basically like if you give here, if you support this church, if you volunteer here, this is where your money's going, you know, and we want you to have a plan to support your local church. And that's been a way for him not to just have to gather stories, hear something randomly, send me a text and feel all the ownership on himself. And we've been able to partner together as a team and and put our entire leadership team behind supporting him in that way. Yeah. And, I, I you know, it's funny, too, that I think once service programming becomes part of the solution for not just capital campaigns and vision right. and all those, but it also too, there's a stewardship element of that. You Absolutely. Know, as, as you alluded to, 
service programming can, a lot of times can be the one that spends a lot of money. Yes, we can. <laughs> and, you know, that's the, the hard part about the idea economy is that, you know, you guys are the ones that come around to the door like, hey, we've got a great idea and it's going to cost a little bit extra and we need 16 more players and an orchestra <laughs> exactly. and pyrotechnics and all this kind of thing. And the idea seems like a great one, but then typically pastors like, now, how much is this going to cost again? And there's <laughs> exactly. a lot of, a exactly. lot of, a lot of arguments that come from that mm-hmm. dynamic. Absolutely. And so bring, bringing it all together actually helps everyone understand the other side's point. Yes. And and, uh, to your point, it allows me to know his pain points and come around and and him feel like he has a team supporting him. That's great. Let me ask one last question as we wrap up. What's one piece of encouragement you would give a lead pastor? That's a great question. Um, I think being a lead pastor is the hardest role out there. (laughs) Uh, And I I would say that there is a team that wants to support you. And I, I I would say this is probably through my context of service programming, I don't think everyone may look like they want to support because they're trying to get stuff done on a Sunday morning. And that's on us to have ownership of how how we reflect that better. Um, but I think there's a team that wants to support you and make you successful. And I think the more you can allow people into just what we were saying earlier, the shared burdens and and things that you would like, I think if we can have that kind of open dialogue, it will create more of a supportive nature. And that you'll find, wow, there really is a team ready to back me up all day. That's great. Lauren, thanks so much for joining us today and for all you do and the teams that you lead and the way that you're leading your community into a growing relationship with Jesus is amazing. So thanks for all you do. Thanks, Billy. And thank you guys for listening and joining us today. We hope that you'll share this podcast with other pastors that you know, and you'll reach out, give us some feedback on future content. Our goal really is to help you maximize your potential as a leader and to help you guide your church to its maximum potential as well. So until next time, thanks for joining us on the Lead Pastor Podcast. Hey, before we go, if you're a partner, check out the conversation guide to go with today's podcast on northpointpartners.org. If you're not a partner but want more information, click on the Explore Partnership link in the show notes.